So last week we talked a little bit about the the cover up. How man began to cover himself up first and he wasn't concerned, you know, Adam was not concerned with his wife. But he made himself fig leaves and he covered himself up and he hid himself and and God comes to talk to Adam and he says, where are you? And Adam tells him, I hid. I'm hiding, I'm covering up and and he began to blame the, the woman, his wife. And so man has been trying to cover up every sense because it began to lose what its true identity is. Man has become lost. You see, when God created man, he said, let us make man in our image, our likeness. We should be in the image of, we were created in the image of God and, and his likeness. We, we weren't the one that the enemy is trying to tell us we are or, or, what, or what our minds say or, or, or what we've been covering up. Or the, the word is called hypocrisy. When you put on a mask or you put on something that is really not you, but you feel like everybody else would appreciate it. And so we, we get ourselves caught up in these things, and, and yet we, we try to prove to people that we love them or prove to ourselves that it's okay. And we start to do all these things, and, and it never, ever works out. It will never work out. It, it, it never works. You see, there's our plans, and then there's God's plans. And his plans are good for us. They are faithful. They are true. They're what we're supposed to be really doing. I mean, we always say this, and I had a conversation even with my wife. It's like, I wish I could go back to that one place when I did something like this because my life has never been the same. You understand? Can we identify with that? I wish I could go back just to that, and I would have never talked to her. I would have never talked to him. Right? I would have never tried that. Amen? I would have never thought that. I, I would have just said, you know what, I'm not going. Come on, anybody? And, and, that, and that's what happens, and we begin to cover up. We cover up from our shame. We cover up from our nakedness. We cover up from our, our identity because it, it got stolen in the garden. We were created. Listen, we were created. We were we were crafted like you know like perfectly molded and shaped in the image of god he 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 made us perfect and he put plans in us he he even placed eternity in us and then we got to that place where we started off pretty good but what hindered us what stopped us and we've been talking to the serpent again. Turn your Bibles to Colossians. Chapter 1, we're going to begin with verse 12. And when you're there, someone say amen. Someone say, thank God for the Father who loves us. Amen. 
Thank God for the Father who did not abandon us, who did not leave us, but loves us. Thank God for the Father we can look up to, that we want to be like, that we could take on his image and his likeness. I want to look like my Father in Jesus' name. Amen. He says, giving thanks to the Father. Someone say, give thanks to the Father. I, I want you right now to say, thank God for God. Come on, somebody. We, I mean, we're, we're kind of messed up, but we would be really messed up. Amen? I mean, we, we have some issues, but we would really have some real, real issues if it wasn't for God. He keeps us safe. He, he convicts us. He, he tells us. He corrects us. He disciplines us. Somebody say, thank God for his discipline. Because we know that we're his children because he disciplined. God's not going to discipline the devil's children. They'll, they, have, they have enough problems as their own. They, they'll, they'll get their own discipline. They'll get, vengeance is the Lord, but what I'm saying is they're gonna, they'll wind up crashing. But, but God says, no, I'm not going to let you crash. I'm going to discipline you. So I say, thank God for the Father. And so sometimes what we do, we celebrate Father's Day, we have all these mixed emotions about our fathers and, and how they treated us and how we grew up and, and how, what happened to us and, and even the fathers that, you know, that this happened or stepfather this and this and this. But you know what? We can look up to a father that is perfect. So I say, happy Father's Day, Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us as partakers of his inheritance of the saints in the light. Go back again, number one. I mean, number 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Somebody say, qualified us. Come on, I need you to say it louder. Say, qualified us. In other words, we were bankrupt. We had no credit. We exhausted all of our credit through sin. We exhausted everything we had, and we were bankrupt. We were spiritually bankrupt. Have you ever tried to apply for a loan and you got the word no? Anybody? How does that feel? It's rejecting. It hurts. I can't even get one of those small loans. Even those credit cards you pay for, that sometimes they, I get disqualified. And you laugh about it. That just hurts my heart even more. Disqualified. We were disqualified. And he says, listen, thanks be to the Father who qualified us. In other words, he says, I got your back. I'm going to co-sign for you. I'll pick up that tab. And, and in other words, what he's saying is your credit will be perfect in the eyes of God. Even though we still fell, it's his blood that continues to qualify us. It's his blood that continues to give us this inheritance, this type of inheritance. Listen, we can't pay for. How many people say, I just paid for my inheritance? You don't pay for an inheritance. It is given to you. It's by God's grace that we get this inheritance. It is a spiritual blessing to be a part of this. And it's not for the non-believer. It's not for those. It's not for everyone. You, you understand what, what makes that more special? 
What about everybody got the same thing all the time? What makes that special? It's not for everybody. It's for his special people. It's for his special children. You are very special and you don't even know it. You're still covering yourself up with things that are not real. And not only that, we get to be partakers. It's like we have choices. I have a choice to be at church and preach to you this morning. It's my choice to, to give you the word of God. It's my choice to stand here before you. It is my choice. I get to be a partaker. And I get to tell you that the devil's a liar. I get to tell you that you are beautiful. I get to tell you, you quit covering up what the world is trying to uh, take, tell the world to take back their fig leaves. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve fell, and after they covered themselves with fig leaves, the Bible says after he corrected them and disciplined them, he covered them. He made tunics for them and he covered them with skin. The Lord covered them. It wasn't Adam who covered Eve and it wasn't Eve who covered Adam. The Lord himself became the sacrifice. The Lord will provide himself to be the sacrifice. I think that is a powerful thing that you have to understand. So when you come and you think that you're going to inherit heaven through your works or through whatever you think you're going to do, the Lord would just laugh and say, son, leave it alone. I already paid for it. I got you covered. See, to get into heaven, there's a cover charge. And only the VIPs get in. Hello, only the VIPs get in. It's not for everybody. It is a cover charge. Your name has to be on the list. I know what you're thinking. Are you talking about club? I'm not talking about the club. That you were never on the VIP list. I'm talking about something for eternity that when you walk, they're going to look to see if you're on the list. And the only way you can get on the list is somebody covered the cost. Oh, you ain't hearing me. So, you see, when you understand who you are and your identity and what your value is worth, see, you don't understand how much you're worth. Why do you think, if you, don't, if you weren't worth nothing, then why do you think the devil's trying to still kill and destroy you if you're not worth anything? Is anybody having a $20 bill? He said, here you go again. Anybody have a $20 bill? Give me some money. I'm going to make it disappear right now. How much is this worth? How much? How much is it worth now? All wrinkled up and crumbled. How much? And how much is it worth under my foot? And you know what? That's what the devil does. He, 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 he takes us, he, he molds us, he destroys us, he tries to put it underneath his foot, he even spits on it. But you know what, he can spit on us and do whatever, it's still worth 20 bucks. I said it's still worth 20 bucks. Now it's gone. The enemy knows you're valuable. 
knows how much you're worth. He knows how special you really are. You can't earn the value. You can't pay for that value. It's been given to you. It's an inheritance. It is a blessing. Keep going. He delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins. Thank God that we are forgiven. Hello, thank God that we are forgiven. I know some of you have not committed many, many sins and you're very holy and you're very special and thank God for you. But I'm talking about the people who fall short very often. Like your pastor up here. I know what my past says, but I know what my future says. My past says bankrupt, but my future says heaven and, and, and a bound to eternity. That I'm a son of the king. That I'm a royal priesthood. That, come on, somebody. That I'm something special. And sometimes when the enemy tries to bring me down, this is where depression comes in. This is where anxiety comes in. This is where, I, when, where the mighty army was marching. They begin to believe the lies of the enemy. And they forgot to start taking care of themselves. They forgot to drink the water and having hope and stop fighting and they stop fighting and they begin to lie down in the valley and they begin to lie down in the valley and guess what? Little by little, they begin to perish. And this is why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believe in him should not what? Should not what? So then why, church, why are we perishing if we believe? Why are we losing hope if we believe? Why are we buying the lies if we believe? And it's very simple. Like John the Baptist, when he was in prison, he said, is there somebody else? Because he, he lost hope. He's seen that death was coming. And you know what the world sees? That death is coming. The world sees that hope, people are hopeless. People are depressed. There's a power of darkness at work. There's a power of darkness at hand where depression comes in, anxiety comes in, fear comes in, divorce and hatred and murder and, and all the things you can think of. It's a power of darkness. And people are giving into it and say, is there another God out there that we should believe in? Just like John the Baptist. And the crazy thing is this. Even though John the Baptist didn't, didn't stop believing for a moment in Jesus, Jesus did not stop believing in him. Jesus did not stop believing in you. That we are partners in this relationship. Oh, you ain't hearing me. We are partners in this relationship. The redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God. So that he is the image of the invisible God. When you see Jesus, you've seen God. He is God in the flesh. We don't have to look for another God. We know that Jesus was God in the flesh. The word became flesh. The logos, the powerful word became flesh and dwelt among us and taught us how to be a father. If you don't know how to be a father, study Jesus. If you don't know how to be a son, study Jesus. If you don't know how to be a friend, study Jesus. After all, we were created in the image of Jesus. In his likeness. 
He's the firstborn of over all creation. I got news for you for those who believe. Oh, see, he was created. He was the firstborn. The word firstborn is not firstborn. What it means, he has priority. God was, Jesus was not created. He was the creator. He wasn't made. He is the maker. And so when they say, well, he's the firstborn, sorry, group of people that knock on doors. They called Jacob the firstborn. Was Jacob the firstborn or was it Esau? It was Esau. So what, he, what he's saying here is that Jacob had priority. And so when it calls Jesus the firstborn, he wasn't the firstborn in creation. He wasn't the first Adam. He had priority over all. It was for him to create you for his good pleasure. Are you bringing pleasure to him? And if you're not, you're not doing what you were created for. After all, we love pleasure. Who loves pleasure? Oh, I hate it, man. I just want to be depressed and anxiety and fear. You know, I get no joy in eating good food and hanging out with my kids and my wife. And if we, if we enjoy it because God placed it into us to enjoy it. But are we bringing pleasure? Are we fellowshipping with God and bringing him pleasure? Do you realize when you're not doing what God created you to do, you're out of the will of God? The Bible says he knows, he who knows what to do good and not to do it, it is a sin. So when you feel separated from God, it's a form of hell. It's a form of depression. It's a form of, because you're not really doing what God created you to do. How many of you ever got into a, a car and thought you could fly with it? I don't care how fast you go, and I don't care if you go up a hill, and I don't care if you go up a ramp, and I don't care. You will fly for a set of, an X amount, and then you will crash because it was not created to fly. It was created to drive. You were created for hell. You were created for God and for his good pleasure. You are his children, and this is a Father's Day, and we should learn how to appreciate what the Father has done for us. For by him all things were created, in our heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created through him and for him. Everything was created for who? For who? Are you doing the will of God? I think sometimes we got to get to a place where we got to put our priorities straight. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to get our priorities straight. You know how we know this? You ever notice when we're, we really are seeking God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Every, nothing else matters. Right? When you're so in tune with God and you're reading his word and you're in worship and, you know, you're praying for people and you're, you're happy and you're working and you're just living life, it, 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 it seems life is a lot better. And then all of a sudden we get our priorities out of order because we weren't created to be a car. Or an airplane. God created you specially for him. And this is why when you begin to praise God, the darkness begins to fear. Because the Bible says he inhabits. Come on, somebody. He inhabits in the praises of his people. So when you begin to praise God, even when you're depressed and having anxiety, and when you have fear, and you're going through some trials, instead of doing that, you begin to praise God. God allows, he inhabits. He comes in to the temple 
And the enemy begins to get scared and he delivers you out of the power of darkness. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. All things. Someone say all things. All things. Someone say all things. Todo. That means everything, I think. The Bible says this, all things work together for good. For those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. So when you love him and you're called according to so when he calls you, you must answer. And you must respond. You keep pushing delete or, or uh, ignore and, and you know, he's going to call. God will eventually have his way. God will eventually have his way. You can ignore him. He'll get in touch with you somehow. Oh, come on. You ain't hearing me. He'll use a bird in the air to whisper in your ear. Or a bird to drop something on you to make you think twice. God will have his way. God does not make mistakes. You are not a mistake. You are God's special people. I don't care if you don't have a father or you don't know where, who this and that or you've been adopted. Listen, God does not make mistakes. It is impossible for him to make mistakes. It is impossible for him to lie. So if he tells you these things, he's not telling you like when your mother tells you you're beautiful. Oh, you ain't hearing me. And you don't feel beautiful. Oh, that looks good on you. Right? Anybody? You know why? Because we're always looking for acceptance. You're looking for acceptance. And the sad thing is we're so desperate for acceptance that we'll be willing to exchange Instead of beauty for ashes, we turn back from our beauty and give up, give up and turn back to ashes because we don't realize how valuable we're worth. And I don't care who steps on you and who tells you this and how much you've blown it. You still have value. You're still important, beautiful children of the most high God. And this is why we need to appreciate him. He is the head of the body. Someone say he's the head. He's not, he's not below. He's the head. He's the one that makes the decisions. He has all wisdom in him. How many wish that we would have listened to the head? Instead of our hearts. You missed it. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. It's, it's like a, a, a soap when you try to grab it in the water. It's slippery. It's slimy. You really don't have control over it. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. So don't. sometimes we can't trust in what our heart thinks or what our heart says. Sometimes we got to understand that we got to believe in what the head says. And the head is Jesus Christ. He knows all the answers. He knows what you need even before you ask him. He is the head over the body, and that's the church.
He's the true shepherd. I'm an under shepherd. I'm just somebody that's a voice. I'm a microphone. I'm not head of this church. I'm not the head pastor. There's a head pastor. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the head shepherd. This shepherd here could fail you. But the shepherd that Jesus is, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he gave all authority to the body. He gave us the authority to realize who we are. Let me tell you something. You ain't cheap stuff. He paid for you with his blood. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things we may have preeminence? First, it pleased the Father in him that all the fullness shall dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It's very interesting how we go on with life without thanking God for what Jesus did on the cross. About the torturous acts that man did against Jesus. How they beat him till they could not recognize him. How they plucked his beard out of his face and spit in his face and hit him with a rod on top of the head. And placed a crown of thorns that punctured his skull. But yet ripped his back apart where they could see his organs and laughed and mocked and scourged and But yet we go on with our day like we have no value. But yet your father wants to give you inheritance that cost him his life. That cost him everything. If it was money, he had it all. But yet money could not purchase what you'd worth. You are priceless and you don't even know it. And this is why the enemy works overtime to destroy you. If that $20 wasn't worth anything, then if it was just a piece of paper like this, and I wanted this, and and he wouldn't want it back. You want it back? Absolutely not. You see, if that's the way, you know, whatever, and, and, you know, and whatever you want to do with this, it's, it's worthless, right? It's worth, nobody wants that with spit and junk on it. And, you know, come on, somebody. But that $20, you would have took it. And that's how the enemy thinks. He does, he, 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 he's not going after you because you're, you're worthless. He knows that you have value. You're very valuable to God. It's sad that he has to beg you to give you inheritance. How many people's parents are rich? Raise your hand if your parents are rich. I'm talking about real money, though, rich. Not, not, oh, you're spiritually filled. Yeah, they're rich. I'm talking about rich, rich. You know, a lot of money, a couple million dollars in the bank. When they go on to, you know, if, they, if you did have those parents, do, do they have to tell you, hey, you know, I'm going to leave you a couple million dollars. Is that okay with you? Anybody? Is that okay with you? Well, let me see. I don't know if I can use a million dollars. I just think what I make right now is enough. By the way, I, had a, I have a friend that he's going through some stuff. He goes, and he's stressed out, and he goes, I don't know how I'm going to live on $3 million. I'm like, if you want to give it to me, I'll show you how to live on $3 million all day long. I can't believe he said that to me. I was insulted. 
I feel like taking an offering from him. He really said that to me. Can you imagine that? But guess what? Even more than $3 million, God has an inheritance. It's called eternal life. Do you know that we're not going to live forever? How do I know this? I've been a father for 30 years already. I've been a father for 30 years. That's how time flies. Time flies. I've been a father for 30 years. Time flies that fast. And, uh, and by the grace of God or by the mercy of God or by the, uh, uh, God's will or if God's, you know, if, let the, if the Lord wills, if I get another 40, that's a blessing. But if not, that's it. Then it's eternity. And I got to make sure my name is in the Lamb's book of life. And I got to make sure I'm covered. Because that's all life is. It's nothing but a vapor that appears for a while, then vanishes away. And you were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. Do you understand what he did? He covered you. There was a big cover up in the garden. And the Lord says, not on my watch. Not on my watch, Satan. The Bible says, surely Satan should be crushed underneath our feet. Shortly, soon, soon and very soon, he's going to be crushed. And, and everything that he tried to do and everything he tried to destroy and everything he tried to destroy because he knows that you're valuable. You know that he knows that you're his son. And you know what the funny thing is? It's Father's Day. And, and, and sometimes my kids will tell you, I, I know, Dad, deep down inside, I'm your favorite one. I have seven of them. And they believe that, and, you know, maybe some of them don't, but they tell me, I, I, you know, I know that I was closest to you, and I, and I know this. And, and you know what the crazy thing is? They all, all have special. They're all special to me. They all, they're all my favorite ones, but they're just different. In other words, God doesn't say, you're all my favorite, but you know what? He knows that we're a little different. But the value is the same. Oh, you missed that. We are a little different, but the value, we are a little, hey, you know, nicks and turns and, and little things that we have. Come on, somebody. Uh, some, some are a little easier to love than others, huh? Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm trying to say. Some of your kids are a little easier to love than others. But the value is the same. And when it's gone, the inheritance is the same. You guys are God's special people, and he is your father this morning. Thank you, Daddy. And he doesn't look at you with the stain. He doesn't look at you with your defects. He doesn't try to correct your defects. He already corrected them. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, In Genesis 3, verse 21 says, And Adam and his wife, the Lord made coverings to cover them. 
He had to shed blood. He had to shed blood. There is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. He had to shed blood. And, and since then, animals were, 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 it were cut open for sacrifice. And, and since then, uh, there was uh, all these things taking place. And finally, he says, this, is, this has become religion. They don't understand the importance of blood. They don't understand the covering, uh, the inside of it. They don't really understand. I know what I'll do. I'll send the lamb. I'll send my son. And he will, he will be a sacrifice. They're truly, now they will see that it was a, it was a it was not an animal that they should cry over, but it was my son. It's my son. My only begotten son. My only begotten son. And what he did on the cross was reconcile us back to the father. He adopted us. You understand when we were orphans and nobody wanted us? After everybody used and abused us and, and took advantage of us and cut us and did things to us and, and we became, we thought we were worthless. But God says, no, you're not worthless. You just don't know who you really are. You don't realize what's really inside of you. Do you realize that eternity is placed in your heart? Do you realize that you are valuable? For those who lost dads along the way and missed daddy. For those whose relationship with their dad has been not like it should. For those who feel abandoned and rejected. Jesus knows what you deal with. And for those who have prodigal sons and daughters out there. Jesus knows what you deal with. For those who are tired of hiding behind bushes and leaves, Jesus knows what you're dealing with. For those who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, who are trying to kick bad habits that they're very difficult to kick, Jesus knows what you're dealing with. Today he wants to make an exchange, beauty for ashes, love for hate. He wants to give you a fresh start in your marriages. He wants to give you a fresh start on your outlook in life. He wants to give you a fresh start of, of what your priorities should be like. He wants to show you who you really are, not what the devil says or not what those fig leaves say or not what the world says or not what sin says or not what that bondage says, but what God says. And God will have his way. Over... Over 20-something years ago, the Lord co-signed for me. I was homeless. I was separated from my children. I had no place to go. I was hopeless. But my mom kept telling me about Jesus. She kept telling me that Jesus would bring back your children into your life. Jesus will bless you again. If you just turn, you're not, Joaquin, you're not that. And that's what she would tell me. That's not what God created you, Joaquin. God created you for something more. And I didn't believe until finally I said, you know what? I don't, I need to give him a chance. I've given everything else a chance. And I made an exchange. My dirty clothes for righteous garments. 
and he co-signed for me to get a men's home. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I remember going to Paul Cott that day and he asked me, what's your credit? I said, I don't have any. He says, well, how much do you have for down payment? I don't got none. He says, well, how do you expect to get it? I go, I only can give you my word. He says, okay, that's good enough for me. And this church started off because Jesus co-signed for me. He covered me. And he's covering you this morning. And he brought my children back into my life. And he brought me someone to help me to raise my children. And he brought me my mother-in-law. And he brought me a, a friend named Pops who taught me how to be a father. How to take care of my children. And how to be there in a different way than my dad taught me. This is not a day to be sad. This is a day to rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. I can't go back to that place where I regret it. But I can start today forgetting those things which are behind me and start pressing toward the higher calling which is in Christ Jesus. This altar call is very simple. No one's going to lay hands on you. It's between you and God. What you're saying is, you know what, God? I'm going back home to the Father. I want to know what the head has to say to me. Lord, I'm exchanging my broken down fig leaves for your covering. And there's nothing like when God has you covered. You're not afraid of anything. You can walk out in the rain and be covered. You can walk through fire and not be burned. You can go through a dry valley and yet still have enough to drink to get across. You won't fall for mirages or lies because you've already been there, done that. You know who God is. You know what he's done. And you're so appreciated. You're saying, Daddy, here I am. Here I am. If you want to use me, then use me. If you want to, whatever, Lord, you want to do, here I am. And if that's you this morning, I want you to come to the altar. Make it right with the Father on Father's Day.